Fresh Air Production. Podcasts are everywhere. This is one of over a million podcasts available for listening. From the world-conquering monsters like Serial, This American Life and My Dad Wrote a Porno, through to hundreds of one-man bands who just feel they have something to say and want to get it out there. In the last few years, the phrase, we could make a podcast, has been uttered in brand marketing brainstorms all over the world. And yes, you could. Making a podcast is pretty straightforward, technically. But just because you could, it doesn't mean you should. And certainly not that you should just make any old thing, throw it onto Spotify, and wait for the audience to flood in. Making a good podcast is hard. Making an effective podcast is even harder. I'm Neil, and I run Fresh Air Production. Hello, by the way. My background, as for all our producers, is in broadcast radio, with many years of producing work for the BBC, Global Radio and others. Our mission is to take the qualities you expect of the very best broadcast shows and bring them to brands to make the very best podcasts. For the last year, we've also been in partnership with Marketeers 4DC, the world's first fully strategic podcast brand consultancy. And the point of that is to make sure that the podcasts we make don't just sound lovely, but they do an effective and measurable job. We don't want to create vanity projects, we want them to work. So, this podcast. The point of creating this series is to help anyone listening who might be wondering whether making a podcast is a good idea for their business or brand. In each episode, we're going to talk through one of the projects we've been involved with. We'll speak to the client to hear it from their side. We'll also get the producer to talk us through the project from their angle. We'll pick apart the reasons for doing it, the decisions that were made along the way, the practicalities, how it sounded in the end, and whether it worked. We'll be giving away some tips as well as we help you to get to grips with this new-ish and brilliant medium. For our first episode, we're going to talk through Inside Exams, a podcast for AQA, Britain's biggest exam board. Zeke, absolutely fantastic to meet you. I cannot wait for this conversation because I'm just going to put it out there from the start. I absolutely love a multiple choice question. Excellent. And I love, nothing makes me happier than speaking to somebody else who loves them as well. But I'm very much aware that there's some criticisms of multiple choice questions, perhaps some misconceptions, and I want to dive into all of that in this conversation. If I asked you the capital of a country that you may be less familiar with, if I picked Eritrea oh, as, as a capital, Come on, don't. Then, <laughs> then at this point you don't know the answer. I'm in trouble. I'm hoping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, but if I give you three options that are London, Paris and Rome. Oh, no, okay. Now yes. you know the answer. Things are looking up. So that question has failed to ascertain ah, yes. whether you know the capital of Eritrea. So how do you convince ridiculously time poor and often sceptical teachers that exam boards are on their side? That's what we had to figure out when AQA came to us back in August 2018. The objectives on the brief were to change perceptions and build stronger relationships with teachers and build trust through transparency, explaining what goes into assessments simply and in a friendly voice. And the main KPI really was to see a shift in positive sentiment. And I remember looking at it and thinking it was the perfect podcast brief and we ended up creating two series and 28 episodes in total over the course of 2019. So we're going to talk about this today with Lauren Boothman who's the lead content and resource producer of Campaigns AQA. Hello Lauren. Hi. And we always allocate a single producer to a project to head it up and be the main contact point for the client and the producer on this project was Anushka Tate. Hello Anushka. Hello. And then also joining us is Dan Stainsby from our partners at 4DC. Dan's role in this and 4DC's role in this was that 4DC conducted research off the back to see 
how well it had worked. So hello, Dan. Hey, Neil. Great to be here. Thank you very much. So, Lauren, let's um, just talk about why AQA came to a podcast at all to start with. Why do you think AQA thought that a podcast would be a good idea? So usually how it works in our area of the business is we have campaign managers and campaign strategists who will go away and look into all of the research to, as to how teachers are feeling right now or what teachers need right now um, and how are we sitting with them right now. And the campaign managers will then put together a brief and brief it into my team as content and we will then think about what what's the best type of content to meet the objectives of their brief. This one was a little bit different though because we hadn't done an awful lot of brand stuff in in the last couple of years so our market strategists had gone away and done a lot of research into what is going to be the best way to engage teachers on something that's that's quite brand led and the research that came out was that, that we've got a lot of teachers that listen to podcasts. We've got a lot of teachers that listen to podcasts on their commute to work. So the brief came into me with, with podcasts already chosen as, as our format of content. And that was lovely because it was completely brand new, com- completely brand new to me and completely brand new to the business. So I felt quite sort of fortunate to be the person to lead on this and try out this new piece of content and how that was going to go. So I mentioned earlier the, the objectives that were in the brief. Given that you saw that teachers were listening to lots of podcasts, what were your objectives? What did you want to see out of the podcast what did you want to see it achieve so the main objective hardest to achieve was to improve trust in us as a company obviously you know it's, it's probably no secret that, that that teachers have got lots of opinions about exam boards some good some bad and and obviously we've got a tough job and not everybody at the end of, of a summer exam series is is going to be entirely happy with what they've got so yeah it's it's a tough business sometimes and how do you quantify that target audience so they uh, is it teachers is it head teachers is it everybody in between who are that target audience we went for a bit of everybody, there was quite a, a steer on perhaps sort of heads of department and SLT. And the reason for that being was was one of our other objectives, which was about getting teachers to learn something about assessment. So as an exam board, we're not experts in teaching and learning. We're not there to tell teachers how to deliver the specification. We are there to be experts in how you assess the specification, how to set exams and how to set good questions. So we wanted teachers to learn a little bit more about that and perhaps even take little nuggets that they've learned from the podcast episode and be able to implement things like that in the classroom. And, and that's kind of how the format of our episodes came to be. And that was to split the episode in half. So we had the first half of our chosen topic talking to the internal AQA person about their area of knowledge and their area of expertise and all of the practices that we put in place for that particular subject. So take Zeke's multiple choice questions episode. How do we write multiple choice questions? And let the AQA person just run free on their area of knowledge and how that part of our business works. So by the end of that bit, the listener is, they've learned a little bit more about AQA. They've learned a little bit more about how AQA works. And they've learned something a little bit practical about how assessment works in that sense. And then what we do in the second half is we got a teacher guest in. 
And they would then talk about that same topic, but how they use that in the classroom. So we were able to kind of kill two birds in one episode. And that format, when we came up with it, it just felt like it worked straight away. And we were able, in that sense, to put across our knowledge and expertise, increase trust in AQA, but have something practical that the teachers can take away and perhaps implement in their own classrooms. So as part of that, we came up with Craig Barton as as presenter. I think there are three sort of alternative routes that you can take when you're thinking about a host for a podcast. You can th- you can have someone in house, and we, we do all three of these. You you could have someone in house, so you could have had someone from AQA who was presenting and being the voice of AQA. You could have had random celebrity do it, and and we use celebrities often in order to piggyback their own social feed and their social following. But having somebody who is really the voice of the listener is so often the winner. And Craig has some experience in podcasting because he does his own and he had a social following. But more than anything, he was just the voice of the listener. That must have made your job, Anushka, that much easier as well. Craig, I mean, he he's essentially a maths teacher, social media influencer, Louis Theroux of education, extraordinaire kind of guy. He, he is so well loved and respected by his colleagues and followers already. And the reason he's so vital is because we are, like you say, Lauren, talking to teachers who we want to increase their trust with you. And in order to get them on board, they have to be brought to you by someone they already trust. And they implicitly trust that whatever his judgment is, is right. And he was such a joy to work with because actually, you know, this is 18 months of of all of our lives. And I particularly had to spend so much time with him. We did road trips around the country together, going to talk to various teachers. And having that time with him was also really important for the production process in that the more I got to know him, the more I could write scripts in his voice for him. And, you know, just tiny little words that I picked up when we're having a natter on the train that I could then put into a script to make it feel that much more natural. And the fact that he kind of wanted to to work with us on that, to make it as much in his voice, but also get the information across for you guys was amazing, really. You know, you said at the beginning there, Lauren, that you wanted teachers to learn something from this. So having Craig was our way of kind of going, okay, what do teachers want to learn? Because podcasting is such an intimate medium and as a listener, you want to feel like you're part of a group of friends or colleagues who are just having these conversations anyway. So what happened, especially with that second half of the podcast where we had Craig talking to another teacher is that they kind of felt comfortable because they could relate to each other and talk about the same stuff, the same struggles that they might be having or the same questions that they might have. And as a listener, that makes you feel involved in that conversation because you can empathize with with what they're talking about and it just meant that he the tone of the podcast was pitched at a level exactly for the listeners that we were trying to approach I think and so we got format we've got teacher we've got client and we've got us as production company and then just to explain the process slightly we had that kickoff meeting where everything suddenly came together Craig turned up an hour late sweating because he'd gone to the wrong place. He just got off a plane from Spain. But that kickoff meeting was where it all came together, wasn't it, really? Yeah, it was It was just the most impressive meeting I've possibly ever been in. It just felt so, so productive. Emma, the campaign manager, and I walking in going, OK, well, I think at the end of this, we're going we're gonna to have a podcast. How are we going to get there? I have no idea. <laughs> and then, as I say, over the space of a couple of hours, it all, it all just came together. And that was really comforting and really great to know that actually this, this is the format we're going to take for each episode. This is what we're, the kind of things we're going to do with each 
bonus episode, everybody was clear on that. And I think having Craig in the room was was obviously gold for him both kind of being prepped as a presenter but also having that teacher lens and being able to input into our discussions and say yeah this is this is the kind of stuff teachers are asking or this is the kind of stuff teachers have no clue about so we're bringing the answer to them on a on a production level as well that kickoff meeting is always really important for me as a producer because that's the first time that I'm meeting you guys who I'm going to be working with for a really long time and it's really important for me to kind of understand what working relationship we need to have, want to have going forward. Everyone that we work with, someone will want to kind of go, okay, here's here's the work. I'm going to hand absolutely everything over to you and I'll run with it. And that's great. In other situations, actually, there wants to be a bit more collaboration. Okay, we're going to be taking care of this. We'll then come back to you on that. So just sort of understanding what that relationship is going to be like and how best you like your information presented to you and you know for us it turned out that I sent you extremely long emails at the end of each week that were all color-coded and bold and italic so that everyone was on the same page at the end of the week and that worked for us because there were so many balls flying at any given time that we all knew we're on the same page at the end of the week so stuff like that is yeah as a producer that's really important for me so many of those emails Lauren we still need this guest (laughs) Lauren, Lauren, we still need this guest. But in a nice font, so that at least it delivers it nicely. You were incredibly patient with us. And there, oh God, there was a couple that was just so stressful and went right down to the wire. But every somehow every time we did it. Hello, my name's Laura and I'm a drama teacher. The mark scheme for each of the drama components relies on subjective interpretation, an example being the assessment bands for the C2 devising log, which are split into four sections. Excellent, good, reasonable and limited. What further support can you put in place for teachers to ensure rigour and consistency? Sometimes brands have to sort of slightly let their guard down to do a podcast, I think, because you're, because you're talking so honestly and openly with the listeners. Was there an element of AQA needing to be perhaps open to Craig asking some difficult questions and, and being a bit more probing than perhaps someone in-house would be? We acknowledge that we did want Craig to be able to to push our internal guests and we would we would prepare our guests to an extent. In actual fact, when I actually started trying to book our internal guests for series one, it was hard because asking people to sort of go on record to talk about their job suddenly became like really tricky. <laughs> I think whilst, you know, people are obviously confident in doing their jobs, we do work in an industry where you can say something and it will be taken in one way by some and another way by others. So we did have to set up a real process for the editing and we had myself we had our head of PR and external communications as the two sort of main editors involved so what we would um, also do with Anushka is so Anushka would sort of do the list of questions that we would want Craig to cover to ensure that we were covering everything that we wanted to talk about in each episode send it across to me and I'd sort of well mostly not do anything because she'd done such an amazing job (laughs) but actually I, I don't really even remember a time where I would delete a question question because I think it was always worth asking it get the response and then make a call on whether you know how how it came across I think that was a massive part actually of both of our jobs was it sounds really simple but talking to them beforehand and giving them permission to be themselves and to have a personality and to be human because you know the 
overarching view of this is that we wanted to make AQA feel more human. You know, these are brilliant, passionate people behind all these big decisions that are being made that as a teacher might seem really far away and that you don't quite understand. But at the end of the day, it's people like you, Lauren, like your wonderful colleagues who we had on who really care about this stuff. And that's what we wanted to come across. And I certainly felt that, yeah, a big part of my job was just sort of, even in the studio, once we got there, just having that bit of time to, you know, get them a cup of coffee. And we had a, you know, we'd always get some sweets out of the jar and have a little natter together just so that they relax a bit and give them permission to be their hilarious, you know, geeky selves, which is what we got a lot of the time, which is brilliant. Yeah, that's it. And you'd always find that you'd get them in the recording studio and they'd sort of look around and go, this is a bit overwhelming, isn't it? And then you sit down, you can use the headphones or you don't have to use the headphones. Oh, I don't, I don't know. What, should I use the headphones? Should I not use the headphones? Let's give it a go with the headphones. <laughs> and you'd sit down and you'd always hear the first sort of couple of questions that Craig asked, which are always, you know, was his sort of introductory, you know, what's your job? How does that work? And that you could, you could just hear and see the stiffness. But within less than five minutes they would be there you know gesticulating everywhere and they'd be in their element and a lot of that was down to Craig and making them feel at ease. But it was also it was also because I said to you how important it was that yes these people need to obviously be good at their job have the information that you ultimately need to get across in the podcast but actually a podcast is a form of entertainment and it still needs to be engaging and enjoyable as a listen so I think all of us would probably say that Raquel was one of our favorite guests Love Raquel. <laughs> she's social media manager with you guys yes, yes. and she just there was just something about her delivery that made what could have been a perfectly nice but normal conversation so engaging and it really brought it to life and you know really gave you a sense of what happens behind the scenes at AQA and that's kind of what I mean when I say for all brands I think if you're trying you know don't be afraid to let your people shine that's when really special stuff happens. So sometimes they're like oh my god can you imagine if AQA is seeing what we are posting and that's my star moment that I go and I say actually we are looking at every single tweet so you know feel free to share whatever you want but we are going to see it and they're like oh my god this is amazing we have broken the internet the exam board they have replied to us and then they get all their friends retweeting and screen grabbing that conversation and it's just like a moment of like oh I've been replied by the really boring exam board probably a very old person trying to do twitter (laughs) yeah and that one i loved that episode so so much because she did just absolutely bring it to life like you say and we wanted that one to go out um so our like the exams each summer run from may throughout may and throughout june and we we were having episodes due to go live then and we we talked about okay well what will be the good ones to go live during that time because obviously teachers priority is not going to be what's AQA's next podcast episode it's going to be I need to get my kids through these next exams and, and get them make sure they're ready make sure they're there in the exam or make sure make sure I'm there for them when they come out of the exam and so Raquel's one was going to be released it was sort of quite early on in that exam series and you know it yeah it had, it had some reasonable listens which was great and then it had a bit of a resurgence around results day which was hilarious because I can't remember how it happened but I think that a student got wind of it 
and then tweeted about it. So, and then I checked the analytics like the following week and it just like that one episode just shot up. Lauren, that's really interesting because we obviously give, we give all clients a login to our dashboard so you can see the analytics. You became a bit obsessed with that for a while, didn't you? Oh, don't. Like, I, I've only just managed to wean myself off it. <laughs> we haven't had a podcast since February. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, literally every every week I was, to begin with, I think I was in there every day. Like, how's it going? What are the consumption rates like? I love the consumption rate. <laughs> yeah, every single week I had this spreadsheet that I was going in and filling out with the, the downloads and, you know, what's the difference between the weekly downloads, trying to pick apart, okay, why has that one had a little surge? And then I'd go on Twitter because inevitably someone had tweeted it or been on LinkedIn and talked about it and that would that would get, lead to a, like a little spike. But absolutely obsessed. I loved. I love the Omni platform. I should explain that Omni are the platform that we use for hosting podcasts and distributing them across iTunes and Spotify and Google Podcasts and every other podcast platform. They also provide all the analytics from all those platforms into one place that a client can use in a dashboard form. And and consumption rates really interesting for those who who aren't familiar with it who are listening. The consumption rate we can show our clients how far through the podcast people have listened so an average listening time essentially isn't it and and do you remember what your what your average listening time was it was very high in terms of of like industry standard what we've got so far and seeing that actually you know it was it was really quite impressive in terms of, of industry that was just the biggest boost and that was the end of series one and we were just planning for series two at the time because we were then thinking okay well what improvements or what changes do we need to implement what have we learned from series one and and I was thinking about the length of the episode because at the beginning we were thinking oh let's do 20 minute episodes we've got to think about that teacher's commute and when they're going to listen to it and we don't want to take up too much of their time and then when we started talking about the nitty gritty of what we could cover in each episode, we knew that 20 minutes was not going to cut it. We weren't going to be able to go into enough detail. So we kind of settled on, well, we settled on 30 minutes. And I think on pretty much all of them, they ended up at about 35 minutes because I just could not cut it down anymore. <laughs> I mean, it, it really doesn't matter because the, the important thing is that it's good content. We always say that, you know, there are there are loads of quite long podcasts and people will stick with it as long as... It's great. Well, you, between us, we're here to be the friendly critic. If we think that something's not good enough to stay in, then we cut it out. But, but the other hand is the joy of not creating a radio show that has to be 22 and a half minutes long. If it's great stuff, you leave it in. And, and the joy of those analytics is you can look at it afterwards. And if everybody stopped listening after 20% of the episode, you know it didn't work. But you look at those percentages and go, well, actually, most people stayed for... 70 80 90 percent of the episode so it's a validation isn't it once you've made it it's a validation that you've got it right. yeah and and as someone in content marketing i am not looking i'm well you know whilst downloads are all fair and well i want to know once you've downloaded it how useful are you finding it and those consumption figures are therefore the most the most important statistic for me to know that yeah this has worked and yeah they found this interesting up to this point if they've all started dropping off here okay what's wrong with that bit so I can learn for next time that's a good cue into Dan Stonesby I mentioned earlier from our partners at 4DC because what we get a lot of when we start talking about making a podcast for people is so how many people are going to listen to which the answer is we don't really know we can we can give you some advice we can talk about how many people might listen and how many people you might reach but it's always a tricky one to answer whereas what we try and do is create some objectives at the start and measure those a bit later down the road. Dan, just talk for a bit about how we 
carried out a bit of measurement and analysis on this podcast, please? Yeah, I think just to reiterate what you were saying a moment ago, the analytics you get from the dashboard on Omni are amazing. And again, like Lauren, I'm obsessed by average consumption because it is the best metric for telling you that you've produced a good podcast. Because if people aren't listening to half of it, then obviously there's something wrong with the content. And that that might not be necessarily it's over long. It might be the contributors. It might be anything to do with the content. So that's a really, really good metric that you can get anyway from Omni, along with downloads, subscribers, all things like that, which are all really useful assets. But if you want to have a look at the impact of of a podcast you're producing from a communications perspective, then I think that's where evaluation research comes in as being really helpful to do that. So if you've set clear PR objectives, communications objectives from the outset, evaluation research enables you to test how effectively you've measured against those. So the evaluation research tool, which we've created, actually serves the podcast asset to a representative sample of your target audience, in this case, head teachers, has them listen to the podcast and then answer specific questions relating to anything from brand sentiment to how the podcast has deepened their understanding of what the brand stands for. So what sort of thing were you setting out to measure in this one then? We measured a range of things from, for example, what people thought of the brand before listening to the podcast, and then obviously what they thought thereafter, but also going back to what Anushka was talking about in terms of Craig as a presenter. So again, all those things which you've acknowledged yourselves within the production process of how great he was, well, that's obviously just a small sample in terms of opinion. Your opinions should be very good. You do this all the time. You're expert podcast producers, but isn't it great to hear that 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 opinion is ratified by a sample of exactly who you're trying to reach with the podcast? So in addition to broad brand sentiment evaluation, we also look at what do people think of the contributors? What do they think of the tone of voice for the podcast more broadly? That slightly softer stuff, which is hugely important, which the Omni dashboard doesn't necessarily give you when you're looking at those numbers. But the research results showed that the majority of, of people listening actually learned something new from the podcast, which is in itself is a, is a really positive outcome. The significant majority said that it increased their trust of AQA as a brand, which again is, is hugely, hugely valuable and, and was obviously one of the key reasons for producing the podcast in the first place. And the significant majority, pretty much everybody who listened, said that they actually recommend it to a colleague as well. So from a, from a quality metric perspective, what a great endorsement for the content. Of course, the listens will give you that anyway, to a degree, but then also to have that evaluation research back that up and say that actually more than nine, well, nine in 10 of the listeners would actually recommend this podcast to a colleague. And Lauren, what other benefits have you seen from the podcast across the organisation? Has it brought any other benefits apart from those simple measurements that came in of those who've listened? Yeah, so one of the really nice and unexpected things that it's done for us is actually internally. So obviously we went out to loads of different teams when we were recording to to get different people's areas of expertise to come and guest on the show. And so sort of throughout that, we did get people listening internally and and saying how interesting they found it and how they were learning new things but actually where we've got new people joining the business now they've they've put the podcast in as part of their induction pack so when they join the company they listen to the podcast now they get given that as part of their induction to learn about how AQA works which I think is so so nice. I've also noticed that you're still tweeting out about it as well there are still elements of of comms that you put out there that refer people back to the podcast so is it working as kind of evergreen content for you as well? Yeah and that was kind of our focus and we always talk now with with campaigns that we are planning what have we got 
in the inside exams podcast series and there's going to always be something that we can that we can bring out and reuse you know whether it's one episode or whether it's several episodes what we've done is we've created something that's going to be useful for a very very long time so looking back on it then what would you say to other people who were looking at creating a podcast for their brand are there any lessons that you draw from it that you would have done differently yeah I think for me the thing that definitely has been crystallized I kind of knew about podcasting but has been crystallized particularly with this one is the bravery that comes with tackling your perceived weaknesses as a brand head-on and letting yourself be vulnerable within this podcast like we're talking about you know letting Craig ask questions that he wanted to know rather than that you had complete control over because actually what comes out of that is the fact that it's that kind of age-old cliche that people won't remember what you said but they'll remember how you made them feel and for this by creating a podcast you as AQA are making frazzled time poor teachers feel supported and entertained and valued so in kind of saying to your people you don't have to toe the party line the whole time that will really ingratiate those teachers to you and that's kind of like Dan was talking about those kind of softer feelings towards AQA that they'll come out with when they unplug their headphones and start their first lesson for the day the fact that you've been vulnerable will just absolutely do wonders for your customers ultimately. Yeah that would be absolutely my biggest recommendation is let your people be themselves don't let them worry about what they're going to go on and say. Just say what you're thinking. And, you know, that's what the editing process is for. So recommend it generally. Has it been a, has it been a positive process for, for you, for AQA as an organisation? Yeah, both. So, so for me, sort of like professionally, it's been an incredible project to work on. It was incredibly hard at times, but incredibly rewarding. Just an amazing experience. And I loved every second of it despite how hard it felt at times and as I say for a brand obviously do your research and if you've got customers who fall into that podcast listening scenario and you know that you've got a topic that you can talk about that that can be engaging that can be fun they might learn something you know think about what your goals are but certainly don't discount it so there you go all you need to know about AQA's branded podcast inside exams Huge thank you to Lauren Boothman from AQA, Dan Stainsby from 4DC and our own Anushka Tate of Fresh Air. It's a real case study for us, as you can tell. It's a brand who identified and understood the benefits that podcasts could bring and then became a true partner to get everything right. In the next episode, we'll be looking at a completely different series, Happy Fools I Am I Have. And if you'd like to know how we at Fresh Air can help you make a podcast for your business or brand, please do go to the website. It's freshairproduction.co.uk. And also, of course, please do subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. From me, Neil Cowling, and the whole Fresh Air team, goodbye and thank you very much for listening. Fresh Air.